All right, so in this episode, we're going to talk about what would you do if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I want to buy your business, and you're just freaking out. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't prepare for this, um, and we don't want that to be the case. So I'm going to give you some six major keys to help you prepare to sell your business if that ever came up. But even if you're not wanting to sell your business, uh, this is great. If you ever want to franchise your business, this is what we call the franchise mentality. Um, and even if you don't want to franchise your business, aligning yourself with these things are going to really help you. Um, just put yourself in a position where you do have a scalable business and we're going to talk about them. So I'm excited for this episode. This is a really cool topic and we get something out of it. It's going to be great. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Mullen. And in today's episode, I want to talk to you about the dynamics of selling your business, some of the things that you need to be thinking about uh, for this to happen, if that's a goal of yours. And even if it's not a goal, aligning yourself with what you would need to do to sell your business is only going to benefit you and your business. So in any case, whether it's something that completely scares the heck out of you selling a business or if it's something that you're looking forward to, this is going to help. So um, the first thing I want to kind of preface on is the fact that when I first thought of the idea of selling my business, I'm like, what the heck would I sell, right? Because a lot of what we do is remote. Um, a lot of what we do is kind of like all, all over the place. Like what could we really package up and sell? And when you think of a business being sold in the contemporary manner, the contemporary fashion, you think of like a brick and mortar business. You know, it would be really an easy conversation to have if we were all restaurant owners and I would say, okay, guys, you got to get ready uh, and you have to, you know, you know, set your sights on the idea of selling your restaurant one day. You'd be like, oh, that makes sense, you know. But with contracting, it's like, well, what exactly, what exactly am I going to be selling, you know? And why would somebody buy it? And I had to really come to grips with that thought as well because I'm thinking, you know, what would someone buy? How much would my business be worth? And although we're not going to talk about business value, we're just going to talk about today what we need to do to align ourselves to be as valuable as possible. Um, and ultimately, this is just really a, a path to freedom. You know, ultimately, guys, if you really think about it, what would happen if you got out of your business right now? It, you know, if you just stopped working, I mean, would you have anything to sell or would your business completely fail? And uh, would that be it? And everything that you worked for could just be just gone at the snap of your fingers. And what we want to do is we want to prevent that inevitability from happening. If we're not leaning in that direction. If we're not um, actively setting our sights on creating the systems, creating the processes that we need to have a uh, a sellable business. Now, another really cool aspect of this topic is not only would we create a business that's sellable, we would actually be able to create a business that's scalable in the sense that you would be able to franchise uh, what it is that you've created in your business. Now, if you want to go that route, that's another route that you can go. But again, going back to the brick and mortar thought that we were kind of just discussing, 
you know, the idea would be is to create what we call a turnkey operation. And turnkey operation is essentially if I give someone a key, can they just turn the key and turn on the engine? And that's it. That's all they need to do. They don't need to do anything else. And that's going to be the premise of what we discuss is essentially you turn on the engine, you give someone the manual and tell them good luck with everything. And that's it. And then you get money in exchange for that. So the premise of, you know, setting your sights on scaling and selling a, a business uh, really comes down to kind of just these, these six points that I have for you. And these six points are really just going to help align you with these ideas. So I'm going to start with the first one, just to kind of give you, uh, you know, some insight on where I'm heading with this. So uh, the point number one is, have I identified what our niche customer and job is? Um, and in other words, kind of like if someone asked us exactly what we do and who we serve, could I tell them to a T? So that's going to be your first checkpoint there. So for me, I would say absolutely. We do residential house painting jobs. Uh, we only do ceilings, walls, trim, and doors. We do not do wallpaper removal. We do not do drywall repair. We do not do texturing. And we serve middle-class homes, usually between 1,600 and 3,500 square feet, depending on the circumstances. You know, So I've narrowed down the exact niche customer we're looking for. Let me kind of hit on this. Why is it important to narrow down your niche customer? Because that'll allow you to narrow down your marketing. So if I serve everybody, um, for example, if someone comes to me and says, Tanner, I do commercial work, I do residential work, I say, well, you know, how, how what is your plan for marketing for a residential customer? What is your plan for marketing for a commercial customer? How do you even reach commercial customers in different marketing channels, right? So these are some things to think about. So, you know, in any case, getting your business ready to sell or just having that franchise mentality, and that's what we're going to talk about. And that's kind of what essentially I want to lean toward because the opportunity for franchising is obviously far greater financially than what you would do if you were to sell your business, but um, you know, and obviously that keeps the legacy going. Um, so ultimately, that's that's what we want is we want to identify what our niche customer is, uh, what our niche job is. That's number one. Number two, do I have a marketing system that performs well enough to generate business on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? So your marketing system. So if this buyer comes up to me and says, Tanner, I want to buy premium painting. So the first thing I say, okay, great, sit down. Let me first explain to you who our niche is and who we service, what the heck we do, so you can have an, an idea of what this business does, okay? Second thing is, I'm going to say, okay, so in order for us to generate that sort of business, this is how I do it. So on a month-to-month -month basis, Mr. You know Jones, uh, we spend about $800 to $1,000 on HomeAdvisor. We spend about $1,000 to $2,000 on Facebook ads. We're at about a 25% decline in uh, home advisor leads right now, and we're heavily moving towards Facebook ads. In any given month, uh, we are able to generate one to two jobs from our existing customer base that is located in our CRM. Okay, and you'll actually be able to use this over and over through various marketing campaigns, whether it's retargeting or whether it's just email marketing, sending out a campaign to somebody. Um, and generating interest there. Um, on a on a month to month basis, we generate about five to ten percent of our business from word of mouth, which is about a twenty five percent increase from years past. This is our fourth year in business, so we anticipate that to jump again next year. Um, and we do various networking, you know, uh, events and opportunities locally to generate business that accounts for about ten to fifteen percent of our business. Right. So, so 
the percentages and all that stuff is obviously something that you're going to have to narrow down in your business. But ultimately, having that knowledge for yourself is going to be just as much as a benefit to you, and you know, as opposed to just getting it to sell your business. You know, having that knowledge is powerful um, because ultimately you're able to capitalize on. Um, you know, your investments, you're going to be able to maximize your dollar when you can get rid of those paid lead um, sources if you don't need them and you can heavily lean toward organic lead sources. So it'd be, you know, um, another thing would be, hey, you know, we also have a website that generates this much. We also do Google ads that do this much. Like, so this is how we are bringing people in the, the invisible door. Okay. And that's kind of one of the big topics that, really revolves around what I was talking to you about the brick and mortar. You know, I mean, the value, the value of a business that's right next to a highway, like let's say it's a restaurant that's right next to a highway is going to be far greater than a business that's three miles off the highway um, that's tucked back in the woods, right? So because he would say, okay, well, how do you generate, you know, patrons for the restaurant? And you would say, oh, well, they come all off of this highway here um, that was just built. So, um, you know, we get a ton of, you know, traffic from travelers that come in here and we average about, I don't know, X amount of patrons per month on a monthly basis. So that's, so essentially what you're doing is you're pitching to this quote unquote investor, um, how, you know, what, what's going to happen when they actually, you know, step in your shoes and they take it on and what they're going to need to generate more business. Um, number three, do I have a production system that can perform jobs without my direct supervision. So this is going to increase the value of your business if the business owner doesn't actually have to do the production, right? So if I go up to a painting contractor and he's painting all the jobs and he says, yeah, I paint all the jobs. Okay. So as the investor of that business, I would have to step in his shoes and paint the jobs. So that would be a lot of work for me as the investor. So obviously that would be a very low value business. So you would step back and you would say, okay, yeah, absolutely. So we have two crews and I'm just going to say it as if it were me selling my business. I'd say, okay, yeah, yes, sir. We have two crews um, of four on each crew. That's how we operate. And we have one supervisor at the top that oversees the two crews. Everyone has a responsibility and everyone has a team role. And we have essentially, we've mastered it to the point where we could do between four and five jobs a week. We average between fourteen and twenty thousand a week, depending on the types of jobs that we take, and we're netting an average about twenty-nine to thirty-one percent profit margin on every single job. Okay, so that level of detail and that level of understanding of your numbers and your processes and your systems is again going to be a great selling point. So think about it like this: you know, I know you guys have heard of some franchises. One that sticks out to me is Wow One Day Painting. I think that their marketing is is superb. Uh, their system is very similar to mine, um, you know, and, and they really did a good job of packaging this idea together. And what they do is they find quote unquote people to buy their business, right? So they find people to, um, you, know, you know, if you look, you know, start a painting business, you're going to see, wow, one day come up, hey, start your own painting franchise, $35,000. Right. So they're essentially buying wow, one day painting for $35,000. Right. And essentially what they're doing is a representative from wow, one day, they're going to fly them up to the training and they're going to say, okay, this is how it works. First, you need to hire, you know, 10 people. You're, you're going to need one supervisor, one project manager, one crew leader, and then you're going to need, you know, this many painters. And then, you know, like, so they're giving you this package 
together. And that's what we want to create with our business is we want to say, okay, uh, you might be a, a little bit smaller than me. I have, uh, I'm up to 10 employees. You know, you might be a little bit smaller than me where you might only have, you know, two guys and who you call a project manager, which is totally fine. You would say, okay, yeah, yes, sir. I have, you know, two, uh, two uh, team members and I have one project manager and they're able to do between four and 6,000 a week. Okay. And that's, that's what they can produce. Okay. Um, so that would be your production system. So next we have a hiring system and, uh, you know, we're going to hit on this hiring system because it's so important. Um, so the question would be, do I have a hiring system that will allow me to find quality help to fit into my system of production when I need it? So one great thing about creating team roles in your business, and I'm going to go through them, through the ones that we have, <clears throat> we have in our business is supervisor, project manager, team leader, crew leader, apprentice, uh, crewman and helper. So you have this tier of team roles in your business that you should be um, definitely identifying. And obviously there's two major benefits to, you know, having team roles. One is going to be, it's going to boost the morale uh, of everyone in your company because it's going to give them a title uh, that will give them some sort of incentive to hold themselves to and the standard of that title. So you get somebody who's a project manager right now and you give them a raise and you give them a different title of supervisor, they're just going to hold themselves to such a higher standard. And, and hopefully the right person will. In most cases, they will. And you're going to get much more out of that person as opposed to saying, okay, man, um, yeah, you're the project manager. And, and you know what? I just want you to be in charge of all the projects. Like It's just different, right? Instead of saying, you know what? You've been uh, promoted to supervisor, right? So and obviously, if you grow, you can do, you know, regional supervisor. I mean, you can get crazy with with these titles, and that's what companies do. So uh, with that said, having the hiring system and having these titles is going to allow you to find exactly what you want. So I'll give you an example. Uh, you guys know we have two crews of four, one supervisor. So uh, we had a quote-unquote helper, um, you know, get uh, he, he got fired, you know, long story, but we had to let him go. And I knew that I needed to find a helper to fit into that crew. I knew the pay that the helper received. I, I didn't have to do much thinking. I knew that the pay was between 12 and $14 an hour. Um, and I needed to find somebody to fill right in that position. So I have a hiring process for that position, which is pretty much my standard hiring process. That's not for a, a supervisor or a manager. Um, but essentially it, it allowed me to find somebody within a week and a half that has been, great for our company so far. So we didn't have a really a lapse in production. I mean, it was perfect. And in that hiring process is what I would show the person buying my company. I'd say, Hey man, this is, this is exactly how we find people. What we do is we put an ad on indeed, put an ad on Craigslist. We have them fill out this form. Once they fill out this form, we look through it. We judge based off of this criteria. We send an email, ask for a phone interview. We conduct a phone interview. We ask these questions. Once we ask these questions, if we feel good about it, we'll do an in-person interview. Then once we have an in-person interview, we ask these questions. If they meet this criteria, then we'll give them an opportunity to do a working interview. So this business owner who's buying this company is going to say, oh man, that works great. I say, yeah, it does. So that's, that's why, you know, all this is tied in together, guys. You know, you're going to have to know your niche job. You're going to have to know your niche customer, and then you're going to have to market and base that marketing off of what your niche is. Then you have to have a production to fill, fulfill the, the, you know, the, to fulfill the jobs and you're going to have to have a hiring system to make sure that you don't have a lapse in production. And then next we're going to talk about the sales process that ensures that anyone with sales experience could follow our process and profit, profitably price our jobs. Um, 
So let's talk about that for a second. You know, the idea would be is that you don't have to have a painting sales rep. Somebody's had painting sales experience. You you wouldn't have to have that sort of person come in to estimate your jobs. And I think it's your job as a business owner to create a simplified estimating system. For us, I simplified this so much that I could take somebody off the street and they can estimate my jobs. And I did that number one for my for for my ease of use, uh, but more importantly because I wanted to do exactly this. I'm aligning my business to be sold one day. So ultimately, you know, we used a square footage for all jobs, exterior and interior, to show the customer how we came up with the price. But what we're really doing on the back end is pricing the jobs based off of how long they're going to take. So what we need to do is identify that if it's a one-day job, a two-day job, a three-day job, a four-day job, and a five-day job. And essentially what I do is, is I identify what my labor costs are for each of those days. One day, two day, three day, four day, five day. Let me give you an example. You know, and I don't know, these aren't exactly as close, but they're pretty close. So for, for one day, uh, my labor for um, a job is between, for, for, for the whole crew, it's um, for both teams, we're looking at like 1500 Right. And then, you know, for two days, it's three grand. For three days, it's 4,500. For four days, it's six grand. And then for five days, it's 7,500. So that's the labor for the whole week. Right. And when you do that, like, let's say, you know, and just for ease of use here and to give you a good example, let's say that I had my entire team, all nine guys working on one job. And I knew that in order to staff those entire, that entire crew of nine, for a whole five days, it would cost me 7500 in labor. That's what it would cost. And then I knew that it would be X amount in materials. So for us, it's paint. So let's say I knew that it would be two grand in paint. I would come up with my paint calculation based off of square footage, wall space, if it was an exterior, right? So now my total cost to perform that job is 9500 And you would say, okay, well, how do you price that job? I'd say, well, it's simple. How much do I want to make? You know, if I want to make a thousand bucks, I'd price it for 10.5. If I want to make two grand, I'd price it for 11.5. If I want to make a 50% margin, what do you do? You double it. So 95 times two is 19,000. So if I want to make 50% margin, that's what I'm pricing out my, my jobs for, my job for in that sense. But look at it. So for example, even though we're doing multiple jobs throughout the week, can we still get to 19,000 and make a 50% margin on the entire week? Absolutely. But what if I only get 17,000? Well, that's fine too. So we were at about a, a, a 35, 40% margin, you know, for the week. So the, the pricing is essentially the only thing that needs to be trained for that person would be, you know, identifying how long a job is going to take. And, you know, you're going to have to definitely know what your crews are capable of and identifying how much product you're going to need. And once we have that, those two variables, you know, we can easily price jobs. Now, that's another reason why we niche down because I'm not having to worry about how long wallpaper removal is going to take. I'm not having to worry about how long texturing is going to take. I'm not having to worry about how much drywall you know, repair is going to take. I know exactly the type of jobs that we do. It never changes. You know, some of you guys who do cabinets might have a, a 150 opening job and a, and a 30 opening job, you know, but ultimately you have identified how long those take. And it's the same thing, you know, um, with us, you know, but if you, you take cabinet jobs and then you flip the script and take a house painting job the next day, that's just so topsy turvy, you know, so it's important to niche down, uh, because everything, that's why I started with niching down in my list here of six is because 
that's exactly what you need to do to set off all of these other things. So if you have yet to niche down on what it is that you're going to be doing and, and what it is that you do, that's going to really affect everything else. Okay. So the sales process, do I have a sales process that ensures that anyone with sales experience could follow our process and properly price our jobs? So based off of what I told you, the answer to that question for me would be yes. I can easily just bring someone in. Hey, this is how long this screw is going to take for a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, depending on these variables. And this is how much paint that you're going to need. It wouldn't take me long to train someone on that. Um, next, uh, the last one would be, do I have an administrative system in place? Do I have an accounting process? Do I have a payroll process? So accounting and payroll are the two big ones. Um, if you're listening to this and you own a contracting business and you did not go to accounting school, you should not be using QuickBooks and you should not be um, trying to figure it out on your own just to save a couple hundred dollars a month. I'm sorry to come at you that way, but you're probably missing out on more money in terms of what could be deducted by a professional um, than you are saving by doing it yourself. So you should 100% be hiring and outsourcing your accounting services to a firm. Now, there's two types of accounting. You have bookkeeping and then you have your yearly accounting. Um, your yearly accounting is obviously very important, but you want someone to be doing both because obviously, you know, if, if you give them what you give them, they're just going to take what you gave them and they're going to turn it into yearly accounting. So it's worth it to spend between 250 bucks to 450 bucks on a solid accounting firm because, and it's all a deduction anyway. So that's good to know. Payroll process. Um, if you're writing checks, all right, and this isn't even, I'm not even getting paid to say this. You need to go to gusto.com. All right. Gusto.com is phenomenal. They do a great job. It's easy. All you got to do is plug in the hours and they pay your guys direct deposit. And it's freaking stupid cheap compared to hiring a payroll company. So gusto.com. If you need help with that, let me know. Um, so those would be the two things so I'd say to the, to the person buying my company. Yeah. So we have this accounting firm. All you got to do is use the business card. We don't even have to keep receipts. It, they just they just get a, a ledger um, virtually and they do all the accounting for us. And then we have a payroll process. All you got to do is tally up the hours every week. Every Wednesday, you punch them in before seven o'clock and the employees get paid direct deposit. Easy. And then we have an onboarding process through Gusto. When you get a new hire, just put in their email and, and the person who got hired has to input all their information. How easy is that? Oh man, it's so easy. Um, and, and so, so the value of my business is, is as good and is only as valuable as the systems I have in place for ease of use. Okay. So again, if I, if I buy mom and pop's diner, um, you know, the value of that is a lot lower than if I bought, um, Applebee's why? Because Applebee's sold me the package, the system, they have a proven process in place that works. Mom and pop's diner probably doesn't. You know, and that's ultimately what the difference between a high value business and a low value business is, is can I turn that key and can I sit in the driver's seat and, and start receiving money? Um, and that is essentially the value of a business. Now, um, definitely important to have a CRM. You guys know we got drip jobs coming out. That's going to be a great CRM to have in your company. It's going to allow you to market to your customers uh, in bulk. Uh, based off of so many different variables. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a really good thing for the industry. It's going to allow you to quote your jobs, follow up. It's going to allow you to uh, have conversations with your customers, both messaging and emails. It's going to allow you to schedule your jobs and your estimates, two separate schedulers. So that thing is going to be loaded. And that's something that I would say, okay, yeah, let me show you this program we have. 
I have, you know, everything here for you. These are the jobs that we currently are working on. These are the jobs that uh, are in progress. These are the jobs that are complete this month. Uh, here's the leads that just came in. Here's the leads that are, um, you know, waiting to receive an estimate. Here are leads that have told us that they want an estimate, but they're not quite ready yet. Like to be able to show someone all that is going to increase the value of your business. Okay. And again, let's just backtrack for a second. We're not just talking sales. We're talking about your own business. These are things that are going to give you so much more confidence. And it's also going to allow you to really kind of step up um, in terms of just crossing your T's, dotting your I's, making sure you have all this stuff in place. So with that being said, that's kind of what I wanted to run through. I'm going to run through them real quick just so you can get a recap on the big six that we talked about of just some things to think about. These are the franchise mentality six that you should be asking yourself. Have I identified our niche job and customer? In other words, if someone asks us exactly what we do and exactly who we serve, could I tell them a clear answer? Do I have a marketing system that performs well enough to generate business on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis? And I would say that the answer to that, or excuse me, the question should be rephrased as, do I have a predictable marketing system? Um, next, do I have a production system that can perform jobs without my direct supervision? Uh, number four, do I have a hiring system that will allow me to find quality help when needed? Number five, do I have a sales process that ensures that anyone with sales experience could follow our process and profitably price, price out the jobs? And number six, do I have administrative systems in place? Do I have an accounting process? Do I have a payroll process? And there you have it. That is how you would package together a business. Now, real quick, I used to have this thought too. Maybe some of you do as well. It's like, man, there's no way somebody would be able to just buy my business and do what I do. I do so many things that no one would even know that I do. And just so you know, if you were able to sell your business, you would actually probably work into the agreement a six to nine month training period where essentially you would work side by side as a quote unquote consultant for your own company, uh, for this new business owner to make a smooth transition. And you would come in and you would tell your team, Hey, this is what's happening. You'd introduce the person. They would really just, you would, it would, it would all be about meshing with the team. It would all be about you showing them them little nuances that you do that you can't really put on paper that make the business run smoothly. Um, and that's, and that's how it works. So it's pretty cool. But even if, again, even if you're not wanting to sell your business, this is a great way to align your systems and your processes in place to give you the option. And a lot of us, you know, we don't want to sell our business, but if the opportunity came up where someone would write us a check for it and you're ready to move on to that next venture in your life, uh, or if you want to franchise your business, you know, these are some things that you should be thinking about. So if you got anything out of this, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, if you have any questions about this stuff, you know how to reach me. You can find me on Instagram at contractor coach. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's what I got for you today. So enjoy your day. I hope, um, you know, I hope I gave you some value and I hope that you take some of this stuff and you implement it ASAP. Catch you later. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So 
get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.